1: We are here to make you money. How do you that? say that? How do you, you know you that? Quite simple words, that is Mr. Michaels. To know. Back up the brink strip. Who you betting on? Always on black. Fast stats in the pocket. hole, squad fast cats. Send the bookie. Tell him bring it from the bag. Know we coming for the bag. West Coast. West, West Coast. West Coast. West West, drunk, coast, West, 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 West to the G. Coast, West, West Coast.
2: Gang. Coast. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm with Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio is once again on assignment. And again, we made fun of him for being on assignment two weeks ago. This week he is actually on assignment because there might be a certain QB that might play for a favorite team of a certain radio host that you're listening to right now. That is in Hawaii. And so we sent Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio to that state, to that island, to see if he can get down to the bottom of this Aaron Rodgers situation. Now, he's there with his wife, and his wife might think that they're there for their second anniversary trip. No. But nay-nay, Dangles is on assignment, and we'll come back with information on Aaron Rodgers, Shailene Woodley, Miles Teller, and the whole crew. Okay? So, Dangles, you have a job to do. But I'm here with Drew. We got a big show today. We're gonna debut the Friday Five. Mm-hmm. We're gonna give you five bets each—five from me, five from Drew. Some of them cash tonight, some of them cash Saturday, some of them cash Sunday. Maybe a little bit of future sprinklings as well. I'm very excited about it, Drew. But first, we gotta say we weren't too profitable for the PGA Championship.
0: We were not, and you know, Tone, tough, tough sled in there in the PGA Championship. Uh, I could go on and on about worse stories, but I'll just give you one. I'll give you one, my boy. Jason Kokrak, top 30, uh, going into his last six holes of the golf tournament. He's even par. Uh, he's comfortably tied for 18th. He's got it in the bag. Uh, basically would would, would would make me a break-even, a break-even gambler in the PGA. And what do you know? On a par four, he makes a dreaded uh, term we call in golf, a snowman. And if you remember how Frosty's body shape was, it kind of looks like an eight. So let's yeah. just say he made an eight. There goes my top thirty, and by the way, behind the eight uh, ball—no pun intended—with our Sam Burns plays as he was uh, as he withdrew nine holes in. That's tough to start. That's tough to start uh, behind (laughs) that. Yeah, in a matchup and a top thirty. However, I backed Crack again this week, and what do you know? He's currently tied for second in the Charles Schwab Invitational. You got you you got to refire your horses, but Tony. Not all was lost. If our followers followed our Twitter, Schaefer the Sharp, with our friends from the oh, bet yeah. Came to play with our friends from the Betting Academy and the Extra Points Pod, he had his first winner Twitter a free Twitter contest. Took Bryson DeChambeau total strokes. I hit it one off the number, but guess what? I have Tony. I have what we call in the industry a free roll U.S. Open ticket, fifty dollars at twelve to one. So that's a six hundred and fifty dollar ticket on Bryson DeChambeau to win the U.S. Open. So not all was lost. for the Sharp, no. free Twitter winner. Love it, man. Thank you, Betting Academy, and extra points.
2: And proof that those things actually work, those Twitter free rolls. People do actually win that you know and love. I'm excited for you, Drew. will be rooting for Bryson for the U.S. Open for you to take home some free cash. Or on that website, Drew, you could sell that Parlay ticket to a, a friend in need that might want to take it off your hands.
0: Absolutely. The, the way prop swap works, I, me and Tony kind of figured out, it's basically like... Uh, 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 ebay for um future tickets so let's say bryson's up by four going in the last round and someone thinks he can make easy money and can offer me a deal i might take it if i think bryson's gonna stumble in the last 18
2: absolutely
0: but needless to say i love the free roll. there's nothing better than a free roll in the world of gambling and um i don't know tony have you heard bryson in the news this week at all
2: i do i i, I do want to get into that but first i just want to say i'm 2-0 in nationality bets yes martin laird Nice pick, Tony. Best Scott. Best Scott. I love it. Thank you very much. I'll remember you forever, Martin. But let's move on to Bryson and Brooks because there's a feud happening in golf, and I'm a big fan of it. As a wrestling fan, this intrigues me wholeheartedly. They were going at each other. Uh, We saw the video of Brooks looking at Bryson, just giving him the eye roll, F that guy on a live mic. And then Bryson uh, tweeting out at Brooks when Brooks is making fun of Aaron Rodgers for playing in the game with Bryson. He's partnered with Bryson versus Brady and Phil, which, by the way, we are going to do a whole show on the game when that the match, when that comes up.
0: You better believe that.
2: But now Brooks says, I'm sorry, you got to play with Bryson. Bryson says, I'm in your head, bro. I got a free rent in your head. And then Brooks shares a video of Bryson yelling at a fan because the fan calls him Brooksy after he hits the ball. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Tony is nothing better than a rivalry.
0: Tony, you're missing the biggest haymaker of the whole feud so far. El Presidente, Portnoy, actually tweeted uh, uh, uh tweeted DeChambeau and said he's actively seeking him to um potentially caddy for him in that charity match versus Brooks Kepka left-handed. And right. Kepka comes back. Tweets a picture of Portnoy as a little kid. That Portnoy tweeted himself in a plaid uh, dorky uh, sweater vest with a quote-unquote golfer's hat. And Kepka says, "You do dress the same." I thought that was the haymaker of the Twitter foods, the, the Twitter feud so far. But it got me to thinking. Tone, let's actually break these guys down physically, the tail of the tape, if you will. If these guys got into a match, because yeah. I think it'd be a good match. But actually, reviewing, I'm I'm just gonna say it right here. Let's say. You know, like kind of UFC style. You have three five minute rounds. Who would win this match? Or let's not even project who would win. Let's in this betting show. Let's figure out who we're favored, Tony. So I'm going to give you the tail of tape right here. Bryson Are checks talking, in. At,
2: t- before you go in, we're talking UFC. You know, kicks, punches, punches holds, all that. Okay, okay. Correct.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we got three five minute rounds in the octagon with these two dudes. Okay. We got Bryson, six foot one, two hundred thirty five pounds. Now he's now he's twenty seven years old. Brooks, on the other hand. Uh, six foot two oh five, very similar dimensions to Schaefer the Sharp there, and thirty one years old. Okay, so now I look at Bryson and say that guy doesn't scare me. But if you see Bryson's uh, garage workouts, he's he's trying to do hammer curls with a hundred pound dumbbells. And let me tell you, uh, any gym trader would be mortified of his form. Certainly trying to throw weight around six one two thirty five. He's 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 got thirty pounds an inch and four years younger on Brooks. I'm gonna say right now. Bryson's a minus one thirty five favorite. I think Brooks is plus win- one no. plus money to win that match.
2: No, you're all wrong. The books make the bookmaker is wrong on this one. I'd be putting all of my money. I'd be backing up the Bringstruck on Brooks Kepka. Because yeah, he might be bigger. He might have the reach on Kepka, but you gotta look at the actual body of work. Those hammer curls alone can tell you the guy's uncoordinated as fuck. So he might have more muscle, but he doesn't know how to move it. And yes, Brooks has the knee injury history. And obviously, if Bryson's camp is smart, they're going to say go for the knee from the beginning, some leg kicks, some submission holds, try to get Brooks to tap early. But if you look at their pass, Bryson has never been in a fight in his life, in his entire life. The the man fights by going to his mommy. Brooks Kepka, I guarantee you, has rolled around in the mud a little bit has a little bit of experience getting rough and tumble in his in his past and he might be older he might be a little bit smaller but Brooks is the clear fa- I would say Brooks is close to minus 200 in this fight and wow. i wouldn't I, I would bet anything else until up until minus 200 on Brooks Kepka I'm amazed that you have Bryson as the favorite in this.
0: I, I mean, I have to. I mean, I, with, with the weight, the height, and the and the age, I don't know how you can say Brooks is is not even a favorite, but a minus two hundred favorite. Man, that's the great thing about fictitious fights because we can sit here and argue all day. But man, could you imagine uh, the the PPV uh, the PPV views that that would get? Um, but hey, let's keep it to the actual uh, sport in their arena. God, can you imagine if one day, someday soon, we get a Brooks Bryson last round matchup? That would be incredible. So, PGA, do the right thing. Pair those dudes up. In the first two rounds, of the US Open. I have my future ticket on Bryson. Obviously, Brooks is kind of the fan favorite. I'm a fan of Brooks, not necessarily a fan of Bryson, but let me tell you, I will be rooting hard for a D Shambo come US Open time this year, my friend.
2: Yeah, and uh, feel free to put it on TV, PGA. Just feel free to make it so I don't have to pay an extra bundle to watch the opening round of the PGA Champ. Just, you know, if, if you want views, you might want to put it on TV. Just an idea. But let's move on to some other sports, Drew, because I know you got some other hot topics you want to talk about. I heard you got some uh, some uh, some odds for me for Julio Jones.
0: I do. I do, Tony. And I, I, I would love your expertise on these. So uh, it, it's it's so fitting that our friend Dangles isn't here because wouldn't you know it, his beloved New England Patriots, fly up the odds board currently this is according to points bet right now Julio Jones odds so I want I want Tony square's take on on Julio Jones's odds for next year his football team where he will be playing wide receiver. We have at the top of the leaderboard the New England Patriots at plus 150. It's followed by the Tennessee Titans at plus 200. Tied for third, we have two teams from the great state of California, the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams at plus 500. And bringing in the Caboose at plus 800 apiece, uh, tied for fourth technically, or I should say tied for fifth, the uh, Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Chargers at plus 800. What do you got, Tone?
2: Those right there are my two favorites. I was waiting for you to get to the Chargers, and I also like the Indianapolis Colts because the Indy Colts have the cap room. Chris Ballard, though, loves his draft picks and does a good job drafting. I figure he'd be tough to give those up, but I do love the Colts and the Chargers as well because Keenan Allen is awesome, but if you attach Julio Jones and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen to that offense with Herbert and Eckler and the rebuilt offensive line, I think the Chargers can jump from rebuilding and like, you know, a nine and eight type team to contenders to win that division and win the whole thing with Julio Jones on that team. It's a quick jump away and their defense coming back to healthy. Those are the two teams that I would throw money on. The New England Patriots supposedly are the favorite because of what people hear in the back end. I don't know if that's going to happen, but plus 150, there's no interest to me to bet that. And if I'm Atlanta, I'm never trading him to the NFC. So you can cross off the Rams, cross off the 49ers. We're never trading him to a contender in the NFC. He's going to AFC. I'm picking the Chargers or the Colts. What do you think, Drew?
0: Tone, I I couldn't agree with you more on the Patriots being the wrong favorite here and wanting to fade them. I mean, listen... Again, unless Mac Jones walks out as a starter week one, who's throwing the ball? We've been over on this show, but like I'm just not convinced that it's Cam Newton's— It looking like Mac Jones. It might. it might, it, might. Like it, Mac Jones. It, it, it absolutely might. So I just don't see uh, William Belichick uh, forking over uh, draft capital for a 33-year-old receiver who obviously probably still has a couple years of, of, of good football left, but I would say he's probably on the downside of, of, of his prime. Um, however, to me, this screams absolutely— uh, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, AJ Brown rocks a, a Julio jersey uh, pregame last year. He's got his boy D. Henry there. Uh, obviously, the Alabama connection and kind of like you know Julio's a Southern boy, and and that and that and that Nashville uh, would just embrace him as really. A, I mean, Julio and and AJ Brown would be a nasty, nasty combo for Tannehill and D Henry. So I'm going to say the Titans, and it makes sense because the Titans, I think, are in a win-now mode. I, I, I don't think they would be afraid of, of you know, parting from draft capital to have a championship window, which they clearly think they have now. So I'm going to say the Titans. Um, I like your Chargers lean, but put put Shave of the Sharp down as the uh, – Titans for the landing spot for Mr. J.J.
2: If I'm the Titans, I understand Julio is a world beater, even in his current form right now on the back end of his prime. I don't think I need him. I love the Titans. I love my team. I think I can control that division for the next five years, even with Trevor Lawrence and the rest of them. I, I'm If I'm Tennessee, I'm steering the ship straight forward. I'm not making a big, splashy move like that. The Chargers, however, again, like this team's in debt. They're looking to sell the team. The Spanoses are all over the place. Like, bring in Julio. Get the season ticket holders in. Like, we got a new stadium to fill up. Herbert to Julio. Sign me up.
0: Now that, Sign that, me
2: the fuck up.
0: That sounds sexy. I will admit, that sounds sexy.
2: No, I was going to say, before we move on to the Friday Five, we're making our five bets. I know you have a segment that you want to debut. Shave for the Sharp on pop, pop culture. You've been watching yep. a TV show. You need to talk about it. I don't understand why we're talking about it, but I'm giving you 60 seconds to do Shave of the Sharp Pop Culture Minute. Go for it.
0: Okay, boys and girls, we're going to Apple TV and Mythic Quest, an amazing, amazing TV show created by the co-creators of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Charlie Day, Megan Gans, Rob McElhenney, the owner of a successful video game design company and his troubled staff struggle to keep their hit game Mythic Quest on top. I'm telling you what, me and my wife got through season one in about five days. We watched an incredible, I'm talking incredible, quarantine COVID episode that was all done via Zoom. It is laugh out loud funny. Some of the characters, my favorite, my personal favorites, David, Joe, CW, and of course, Rob McElhinney himself as Ian, the, the, the chief boss of this video game company. Absolutely fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. In my sharp scale of knives, we're going to go sharp knife butter knife being the dullest knife, and then just a chef knife – we'll, we'll just call it out of five knives. I'm giving this four and a half knives for a sharp watch. This is fantastic, and I will tell you right now, if you are a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, stop what you're doing, watch season one. Season two is streaming now on Apple TV. Couldn't recommend it enough. Go watch Mythic Quest.
2: And we are not promoted at all by Apple TV. That is a straight – That is a straight free promo out of the best promo in the game, Shave for the Sharp. And you were 10 seconds over, but you had to explain the knife, you know, scaling. So I'll give you that. You kept it under 60 seconds. But let's hit a quick break. And then after this, we're going to do why we're here. We're going to gamble a little bit. We're going to throw some bets out there. It's time for the Friday Five right after this. West, 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 west,
1: West Coast Gamblers.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal.
2: Alright, boys, we are back. Shae of the Sharp and Tony Squares, the West Coast Gambler is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's time to do the Friday five, the fast five from the Fast and Furious franchise. Five bets from each of us on the weekend's game, starting with Friday. The last bet that we give out, of course, is going to be the back up the Bring Struck bet of the week. But before we get there, we get a little sprinkling of some fun stuff. I'm gonna go first, then we're gonna go to Drew. My first bet of the Friday five has to do with probably, yeah, I'm going to say it, my least favorite player in the world right now, any sport. And that's Kyrie Irving. Because this man came out after Game 2, Nets versus Celtics, and said that my city, uh, he is he is hoping that the game, when he plays in front of fans for the first time since leaving the Celtics, the first time he's playing in front of fans in the TD Bank North Garden, he hopes that it's just on the game and there's no subtle racism from the fans. Now, when asked by the reporter for any examples of racism that he's heard from him or other players, he just put his hands up in the air and said, well, it's a known fact. It's a known fact, a.k.a. He didn't have anything that he felt comfortable bringing to the table. He just wanted to throw a barb at my city and then hide behind it. Whatever you want to say, Kyrie, I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of your statement. I will just say you are my least favorite player. In all of sports right now, and it has nothing to do with anything other than your personality. That being said, my Celtics stink. They stink. And this has the makings to be one of the most embarrassing games in the history of the franchise. Kyrie came out and scorched this city on their morality and will come out and scorch this team in the basketball game. I'm taking Kyrie to hit 30 points or more. Wow. At plus at +250. This wow. goes one of this goes one of two ways drew. Either Kyrie stinks and is booed and is laughed off the court or Kyrie torches us. And I'm going on the fence that this embarrassing Celtics team continues to be embarrassing and Kyrie hits 30 or more tonight at +250. That's my first bet of the Friday five. Drew, what do you got?
0: Tony, I'm going to stay with the same game. And obviously, this is game three of a playoff series with the team down 0-2. This is what we like to call the zigzag theory in the NBA. In 2007 through 2019, teams down uh, 0-2 in the NBA playoffs are 64-32-7 and in the first half. Um, listen, I don't, I don't disagree that your Celtics are in serious trouble, not only in this game, but for the series, it might be a gentleman's sweep. However, I do think there's an ounce of pride, maybe in Jason Tatum, maybe in Marcus Smart trying to shut down Kyrie. And I will take the zigzag theory here. I'll take the Boston Celtics plus three and a half in the first half.
2: Celtics plus three and a half in the first half. I like that zigzag theory. There's no chance they cover the spread in the game though. My second bet, we're staying with some Friday games because we have we said we weren't going to talk NHL but Tony Top Shelf where mama keeps the good stuff is still feeling so much this playoff hockey it's the best thing in the world Drew I know we're a football show through and through but playoff hockey is the best thing in the world and we have a round one game seven tonight Minnesota Wild at the Vegas Golden Knights. Ooh. The Vegas Golden Knights get to play all those light shows and everything's going on in the streets. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. I love this game. I'll tell you, though, I don't know who's going to win. Vegas is one of the best teams in their division. The Wild are very feisty. I'll tell you what will hit, though. This is hit in four of the six games thus far in the series, and you can find it at plus 115 right now on DraftKings, and that's the under five goals in this game under five goals at plus 115 you push if it hits five exactly I think this is going to be an awesome game to watch but both of these teams are defensive heavy and it's going to be very hard to score on these two really good goalies at the top of their form I almost took the under four and a half at plus 180 but if you hit five you lose that and I think I want to keep that push under five plus 115 for the wild at Vegas game seven go wild baby Drew, what do you got?
0: Tony, never, never at taking under in a game seven. Uh, not having watched a second of an NHL this year. Uh, I might just tail oh. that with you. Just might tell it with you. You're missing out. No, You're no. I, out. I'll be back. I'll be back for I'll be back for the, you know, conference finals. Here we go. My second pick. Uh I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay with the NBA guys. Let's go to the Hawks and Knicks. Series tied one one here, game three. Everyone making a big deal about the Knicks being the first time in the playoffs since 2013. Well, listen, the Hawks have been in the playoffs. Uh, since uh, in four years, since they got their new coach midseason and Nate McMillan, team's been really good, and the Hawks really dominated those first two games of the series. Now, I had the Knicks yeah. in Game Two, got got pretty lucky with not I wouldn't say lucky they, they covered easily, but that game was a tie game with two minutes left. The Knicks ended on a nine eleven to one run or whatever went away. And, However,
2: and their their second best player played nine minutes in the first three quarters due to foul trouble. That won't happen again, especially in Atlanta.
0: Correct. I really think the energy of the Atlanta crowd here, combined with Trey Young's maybe added motivation that I'll get to in a second. I love, 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 love the Hawks here. Minus four. I'm going to take the home team to cover, and I might even sprinkle something on an alternate line with double digits, but I love Atlanta here. I think they're the better team. I think they will win the series in game three. I love the Hawks. Minus four tonight.
2: We are staying with hockey for Tony Top Shelf. So good I had to do two of them. And uh, my Bruins, Drew, won their first round matchup against the Washington Capitals. Alexander Ovechkin is now a free agent. Washington, we turned their team on their heads, and now we go to face not Sid the Kid and the Pittsburgh Penguins, but the New York Islanders instead. Bruins, heavy favorites to win this series. The Islanders are much better than people think. They are a very, very feisty team. Now, the NHL this year, because of COVID, teams did not play anyone outside their division. So the Bruins and the Islanders played the same six teams in their division for the entire 50-plus game schedule. So when you get to the actual conference semifinals and finals, these teams are going to be playing each other for the first time, which makes me think there is opportunity here to make some money, make some cash. I have watched a lot of NHL over the past few weeks, and I can safely say that the East Division, the Bruins, Penguins, Capitals, Islanders are the best division in the NHL. And I would pick the winner of this con- this division to win the whole thing. Now, you can take the East Division winner at plus 400 right now, but I think instead you're more likely to take the Bruins or the Islanders to lift Lord Stanley's Cup solo. Bruins are plus 500. Islanders plus 1,400 on DraftKings. Islanders are better than people think. That being said, my fast five bet. The Islanders are winning game one in Boston of this series. The Capitals won game one, and then the Bruins came back and swept them four in a row. I think the Islanders steal one. The Bruins are going to be a little rusty, having more than a week off till this game goes. Islanders plus 144 to win the game one money line against my Bruins. I think this series is a toss-up. I think it's going seven. Islanders steal one on the road. Drew, your third bet.
0: I'm staying with the Hawks and Knicks game, Tony. I was so close to making this my backup, the Brinkstruck bet. It's coming in just short of it for a reason I will give when I give my backup the Brinkstruck bet. But listen, you know, we don't need to talk about, you know, the 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 after after game incidents that happened to Westbrook and Trey Young. It's it, it's it, it's a tired narrative. People are idiots, like grow up, don't throw shit at fucking people. Come on. Yeah. But yeah. however, he got spit on, okay? He had thirty-two points and thirty points. Uh, in two games, that that's an average. I'm not a mathematician, but I think that's an average of 31. All right, now first game out in Atlanta playoff, first playoff uh, home game for Trey Young. Um, I think he is going to be extra motivated. His over-under points are 26 and a half. I just think the line's wrong. I was I was fully expecting to log on and see 28 and a half, 29 and a half. I am taking Trey Young's over points at 26 and a half. And if you want to sprinkle him to be the top point score of the game, it's only plus 105. But officially, I will do Trey Young over 26 and a half points, added motivation, 1-1 series, leader of a young team. Give me Trey Young's points.
2: That's a gimme. That that should be your Brings bet. That's a guarantee. That's hitting... In the first half. The amount of foul calls Trey Young is going to get the first Atlanta home game. He's going to be at the foul line 12 times this game. Come on. That's easy. Good bet, Drew. My fourth bet. We're going to the biggest soccer game. European football game of the year. The Champions League. Some of the best soccer in the world is played during the Champions League. And the Champions League takes the best teams from each country and pits them in a tournament every year. This year... The two finalists are both from England, which means they know how each other plays. They know how to attack each other. It's Manchester City, the people who get all the money from the Abu Dhabi gods, versus Chelsea, the homegrown English side. Both of these teams, however, decided to leave the Champions League and form their own Super League for about 48 hours till that dissolved. Either way, one of these teams is going to be lifting a trophy at the end of the day, Chelsea has won four of the past five matchups in all competitions against Manchester City. I don't know if I'm going to take that, though, as they're plus 380 to win this game. What I will take, however, is something that has also hit four of the past five matchups, and that's the over two and a half goals in this game, over two and a half goals at plus 130, as I said. These teams are in the top form. They Their offenses both are humming. They both know how to attack the others, having played each other a bunch. Over two and a half, plus 130. Two to one, three nothing, doesn't matter. Give me goals. Champions League Saturday. I can't wait. Drew, your fourth bet.
0: NBA Friday, baby. What game we haven't covered? It's the Clippers in Dallas against the Mavericks. Clippers, man, on life support, down two nothing in Dallas. And this has been a tale of two halves. This, the, the, these game. Now, I looked at the spread. The Clippers are favored, which to me that doesn't make any sense. It seems like the wrong team's favored. Now, I, I couldn't, I couldn't dig enough into it to actually understand why. So, it makes me just want to pass on the side. I am going to pass on the side. However, if we look yeah. at the first, if we look at the first two games of this series. This has been a tale of two halves as far as pacing. In the first half, these two teams have averaged. Uh, they've scored 144 points combined and 115 points combined to, for, with an average of 129.5. The second half, it goes down to a snail's pace. These two teams yep. are averaging 102.5 points a game. Uh, I don't see that changing in Dallas. I think Dallas is going to want to run run tempo. And the over-under on this first half is 111.5. I know that maybe the Clippers try to buckle down with PG and, and Kawhi and really try to, and, and, and Lou Williams, or sorry, not Lou Williams, uh, Pat, uh, Pat Beverly, and really try to lock Dallas down. But I don't see it happening. 111.5. Give me the over in the first half uh, for Dallas and Clippers. 111.5. I'm going over. It's time to back up the Brings truck, Drew. Let's do it. It is
2: time to back up the Brings truck on this lovely Friday. And my bet is occurring on Sunday. No. Ooh. It's not the Indy 500 because I might know a little bit about racing, but I know nothing and absolutely nothing about Formula One racing. And while the Indy 500's a blast, I don't think I'm going to be able to give you a Brings truck better. And Instead, we're going to the closed cars. Tony Tires is back, my friends, because we have warring with the Indy 500, the longest race of the NASCAR year, the Coca-Cola 600, 600 miles, Drew. They race. And there's a couple of people I like and I want to highlight here. Kyle Bush, the last four races at the Coca-Cola 500, he's come in the top four. If you want him to be up there, it's only minus uh, uh, 150 for him to be in the top five. Nay, nay, I'm not taking it. William Byron has finished in the top 10 in 11 of 12 races. And the 12th race, he didn't finish in the top 10. He was top 11. And he's minus 160 to be in the top 10 at the Coca-Cola 600. Nay, nay, I'm not going there. Instead, I'm going to one of the funniest stories I've read in a while, my friend. And that has to do with Chase Elliott and his spotter. Now, if you don't know how NASCAR works, the most important person other than the driver is the pit crew chief. He's the one that's organizing all the pit crew, the pit changes, everything that's going by. He's the head man. He's like the Bill Belichick. The Ernie Adams... The next most important guy is the spotter because he's in the ear the whole time going, Drew, you got a guy on your left, a guy on your left. Drew, he's on your right. Now go forward, Drew. Hit the brakes, Drew, ahead. He's in the ear of the driver the whole entire time. And Chase Elliott's spotter, a man by the name of Eddie DeHaunt, has been suspended from NASCAR f- dating back to a September 7th assault charge. Now, Whoa. assault. Assault is a big word, but let's spell this out. This is why I'm laughing here. It stems from a September 7, 2020 argument over jet ski rentals, where an, em- where an employee alleged to haunt made full body contact and yelled in my face, pushing me back multiple times against my body. This, this was a female employee at the jet ski store that happened to be pregnant at the time. Not showing, but pregnant at the time. So Ooh, now... Boy. The assault charge has gone from regular assault to assault against an unborn child. This has caused NASCAR to suspend the man. Now, why did Eddie get so heated? Because when Eddie showed up for his jet ski rental, he did not have the appropriate attire and then had to go get new clothes, come back for the jet ski rental, and they were not refunding him for his time, nor were they giving him the extra time on the jet ski since he had to go change clothes. This is what the argument was about. An argument about jet ski rentals and the improper attire. And that, my friends, is NASCAR in a nutshell. Chase Elliott's spotter, out. See you later. A new man in Chase Elliott's ear. And so for Chase Elliott, one of the best drivers in NASCAR, to not finish in the top five, no to the top five is only minus 120. This is a guarantee, folks. If you're missing Eddie DeHaan, you ain't finishing in the top five. Chase Elliott out of the top five, minus 120. The Coca-Cola 600. Tony Tires strikes again. Get on your jet skis, folks. That's my back up the Brinks truck. Drew, what do you got?
0: Tony, love the bet. Back up the Brinks truck for Shave the Sharp. I am staying in Dallas, in D-Town. Okay. Clippers, Clippers Mavericks. Now, we all know about Luca. What a beast he is. An absolute stud. The Clippers, back against the wall, down 0-2. However, tell the people what I'm wearing, Tony. Tell them. Michigan sweatshirt, always. Always. My boy, Timmy Hardaway Jr., class of 2014, left us as junior. He has been on fire from three-point range, three range. Now, one of my favorite bets that I told Gina Paradiso on the Betting Academy was I love to take three-point props that are, pri- that are juiced heavily to the over. Why? I see the value there. I really do. Yeah. T. Hardaway Jr. in his two games in the series, he's five of nine and six for eight from threes. He's on fire. Now that that was in LA. Now he gets his home court, and I think Luka's gonna get more and more attention than ever before. I think he has a legitimate shot to put up double-digit figures from Beyond the Arc. His over-under for threes is two and a half. Now, that means he has to hit three. Of course, you have to pay a dollar fifty, but again, I'm happy to lay a dollar seventy. I'm happy to lay a dollar eighty-five. Timmy Hardaway Jr. over two and a half three pointers minus one fifty back up the Brinks truck, T. Hard Jr. Let's go. I love this bet. I already played it. Don't worry about laying a dollar fifty to win a dollar. I'm telling you, listen to Shay for the Sharp here. Timmy Hardaway Jr.'s got a chance to happen in the first half. Over two and a half three pointers, minus one fifty. Back up the Brinks truck.
2: There you have it. There you have it. The fast Friday five. From Tony Squares and Shave for the Sharp, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, again, away on assignment. He'll be coming back with a firsthand report on the Aaron Rodgers-Taylor Swift situation. I can't wait to hear about it. Uh, uh, that's it, buddy. That's, that's it for the show. We got weeks coming. We got fun stuff down the line. I cannot wait to talk about our future. It's going to be a lot of fun happening, but that's it. For today. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be tweeting out these bets as well so you can follow along. Schaefer, you got something to say to end us
0: out here? Hey, it's Memorial Day weekend, man. Kick back, enjoy the weather, have a drink, and uh, just, you know. Let's do it. Let's have a pro- let's have a profitable weekend.
2: Enjoy yourself. We beat COVID. There's nothing to it, and uh, that's it for the West Coast Gamblers. Tony Cavallo, Shea of the Sharp. We are a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and as always, thank you for listening. Who you
1: betting on? Always on black. bass stats in the pocket. hole. squad. Fast Sing the bookie tell them bring it from the bag. Know we coming for the bag. West Coast. West Coast. West Coast. West Coast. Girl C West Coast. to the G. West, West, West Coast. gang. Yeah. Who yeah. you know. betting on? Always on black. Fast facts in the pocket. Whole squad fast. cash. Send the bookie. Tell him bring it from the bag. Know we coming for the <laughs>
0: Sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Oh, he got it. Smith. Touchdown.
1: Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Artropotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag. But let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good poor. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.